Thanks for listening to the Revelation Lecture Podcast, an audio service of the Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary Library. For more, please visit www.wls.wells.net. Lecture 1, Part A. I brought along this evening both the um, NIV and the King James Version. I don't know uh, which of the two most of you are planning to follow. Um, the wording is not the same in both versions. Um, uh, how many of you would prefer? I would personally prefer to go through on the basis of the King James. But if uh, most of you have the NIV, I'm willing to do that. Now, how many of you would prefer it if I would uh, use the NIV in, in um, commenting on the book? Okay, how many of you would prefer the King James Version? (laughs) Most of you don't care, I guess. Um, (laughs) Shall we see the the hands once more? I thought there there were about the same number of hands up. How about the the NIV first? Who would like to use the NIV rather? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 17, 18, 19, 20, 24, 25. Okay, how about the King James? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. I guess we'll take the NIV, and, and then uh, if you, I'll, I'll bring both along anyway. And um, then if you have any questions about the particular wording that you have, um, um, you can ask them. Um, I suppose I'll have to bring along my Greek New Testament, I suppose, to um, uh, be able to tell which um, give you an answer to some of those questions. Um, I might just, um, to show you what kind of differences you have, uh, just by way of illustration, to see uh, the problem that you, that you run into. Uh, in chapter one, um, uh, in chapter one, about verse six or seven, I guess it is, if you w- just want to look at it, um, I want to uh, say something in general about the book, but uh, um, as long as we're talking about different translations, I'd just like to call your attention to something. It's in verse, verse five it is. Unto him that loved us, now the, the King James reads this way in verse 5 of chapter 1, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten from the, of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now if you have the NIV, you don't have washed there, you have freed us from our sins in his own blood. Now it looks a lot different in English, uh, but in, in the original Greek it doesn't look that much different at all. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins is this. And unto him that loved us and freed us from our sins in his own blood is this. The only difference between them is is this letter, see? So, uh, lusanti in in Greek is to the one who washed us. That's um, uh, just one word in Greek. To the one who washed us. And this is to the one who freed us. And the one is lusanti. Lusanti and the other one is Lusanti. So they um, they sound very much alike. Not they look very much alike, but uh, sound very much alike also. But that's the sort of problem that you run into when you uh, use the two different uh, translations. Now I don't know what happened to the eraser. There was one here um, just a minute ago. Did somebody is it on a table or somewhere? I wonder what happened. No. 
<laughs> All right then. Now, um, before we start uh, with chapter one, and I want to try to get through with chapter one today, I want to say some things uh, in a general way about the book. Uh, the, the name of the book is The Revelation. It's not the revelation, it's the singular. The Revelation, and in the King James Bible you have the revelation of St. John the Divine. Now the word divine is really not an American word, it's an English word. Uh, divine in um, divine in English, English, in British English, means a theologian. Uh, it's a noun uh, in English, meaning a theologian. So St. John the Divine is um, a translation of a later Greek uh, title for the book, which was um, the revelation of St. John the Theologian. That's the way we would translate it in English. In American English, I should say. In British English, you translate the revelation of St. John the Divine. Now, the word, uh, many times, if um, you read about the book of Revelation in some modern literature, it will always be called the Apocalypse. Some of you who are as old as I am may remember an, a novel that was rather popular about um, 50 years ago or so, which had the title, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Uh, now, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, um, uh, is a, that, that title is a reference to chapter 6 of the book of Revelation, where you have four horsemen, the rider on the white horse, the rider on the red horse, and on the, pale ho the black horse and the pale horse. Uh, but um, um, in, modern, in many modern books, uh, that's the title that you will read, uh, you, that you will find... Uh, this book referred to by, by which you will find this book referred to uh, in um, some of the literature. Well, so, so much then for the, um, for the name of the book. Now, the author is the Apostle John. Um, I'm not going to say a great deal about that. He names himself as the author several times in the book. In chapter 1, he says, I, John, was on the island of Patmos for the testimony, for the word of God, the testimony of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's uh, in the very first chapter, and in the last chapter also, uh, he says in verse uh, chapter 22, um, he says in verse 8, I, John, saw these things and heard them. So uh, that there's no question at all that the, uh, the author's name is John, and uh, he doesn't identify himself as the Apostle John in this book, but there's just no doubt at all uh, that um, this is the Apostle John. Um, the book is, in many ways, very similar to John's other writings. Uh, for example, I'm, you know a passage from St. John's uh, first letter in which he says about uh, something very similar to what I had uh, referred to when I put that, those Greek words on the board before. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I wonder how many of you know John, 1 John 1, 7 by heart. Maybe you don't recognize the chapter and verse, but I'm sure you all know the passage by heart. And some of you may even recognize the chapter and verse. But 1 John 1, 7 is the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. You see how similar that is to unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood? Um, that's why I uh, am a little bit inclined to favor the wording unto him that washed us from our sins in his own blood because it fits so well with what John said in uh, the first chapter of his first letter. Now, uh, I want to say a little bit more, though, in general about the um, interpretation of the book of Revelation. Um, 
There are four main ways of interpreting this book um, uh, that you find among um, uh, New Testament scholars. Now, the, I've given you the four on, your, on the outline sheet. The four are the preterist, the so-called preterist interpretation. A preterist um, is, comes from a word uh, which, um, a Latin word which means la um, the past, the past, things which are, um, that in the preterist interpretation, um, the book is read as though it were a description of things that happened in the past. The next one is the so-called futurist interpretation. That's also sometimes called the millennialistic interpretation, which says that everything that John talks about in the book of Revelation is going to happen in the distant future, just before the end of the world, um, just before the time of the millennium. Um, everything, uh, they say that, um, that uh, chapter 4 of Revelation can be dated 1,007 years before the end of the world. Um, because they say that uh, chapter 4 um, is the time of the rapture. It, they say it's got to be the rapture. We'll say some more about that when we uh, get to that chapter. Because they say if that isn't a reference to the rapture, then there's no mention of the book of, of the rapture in the book of Revelation. And that simply can't um, be. Now, um, I don't know if you, um, how many of you... Um, follow that kind of language and Lutherans usually don't know what uh, what we're talking about when we talk about a rapture because we don't talk about that unless we're talking about false teachers um, but um, you all know what millennialists are I guess right the millennialists say that before the end of the world Christ is going to come back to this earth and reign here visibly on this earth for a thousand years with his capital in Jerusalem um, and then they say that seven years before the beginning of the millennium, Christ is going to take all the believers out of this world. Um, they're just going to disappear suddenly. And that's called the rapture. And then for seven years, the world is going to go through a period of what is called the Great Tribulation. Seven years of terrible trouble, uh, during which the Christians are not here on this earth. The church is not on earth during those seven years. At the end of the seven years, um, Christ will return visibly. In other words, he will come invisibly for his believers a thousand and seven years before the end of the world, and then a thousand years before the end of the world, he will come visibly, and during that thousand years, the next thousand years, he will reign here on earth, and then at the end of the thousand years, the last judgment will come, and then the unbelievers will be raised from the dead. The believers will be raised at the beginning of the rapture, um, and they will be taken with uh, Christ into heaven. And then the believers will be brought back with Christ at the beginning of the thousand years, and they will reign with Christ on this earth for a thousand years. And at the end of the thousand years, the unbelieving dead will be raised, and then will come uh, the final uh, judgment, and uh, the believers will then go to heaven with Christ, and the unbelievers will be sent to hell. Uh, that's the um, uh, period of time, then, that these futurists say that the book of Revelation deals with. And um, the rapture is in chapter 4, verse uh, 1. Um, you might uh, uh, see how, how firm that kind of doctrine is by just taking a look at chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, 
Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Would you suspect that those words mean that Christ is going to come back to this earth and take all the believers with him to heaven? <laughs> Just absolutely no hint of that. But they say it's got to mean that because if it doesn't mean the rapture, then the rapture is not mentioned in the book of Revelation. Well, I say too bad. Obviously it isn't mentioned because um, there isn't going to be any. Um, this just refers to something that happened to John um, 2,000 years ago. While he was on the island of Patmos, he heard a voice that invited him up to heaven so that he could see the things that would come hereafter. But we'll say some more about that uh, when we come to the um, um, discussion of those chapters. The future, the, um, one other thing I might say just in connection with this, uh, the impossibility of the millennialistic view is also very clear. Uh, today I just read a book by a Baptist, I was reading a book by a Baptist theologian, a, a book of doctrine, and um, he said um, that if one would just go by scripture um, and just be guided by what the Bible says and forget everything that's been written in the church since 1830, uh, that um, the um, discussion of the millennium would be just a footnote in a book of doctrine. Um, he said, but as it is, it occupies a great deal of space. Now, the, what he's saying is there isn't much about the millennium in the Bible, but there's an awful lot about the millennium in the literature of the church for the last, uh, since 1830. Now, um, and that's certainly true, and coming from a Baptist, uh, that um, um, ought to be taken seriously because most Baptists are millennialists. But this Baptist theologian says that in the Bible you don't read very much about a millennium. And he's absolutely right. In fact, the only passage in which you read about a thousand-year reign of any kind is in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. Now, um, uh, the um, millennialists say that Revelation chapter 20 says that Christ will come to this earth and reign here visibly for a thousand years. What Revelation 20 actually says, and you might just uh, open your books to that, um, is that John saw the souls of those who were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, that's in verse 4, and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now the millennials always say uh, that the Lutherans don't read the Bible carefully enough, or they don't pay enough attention to the words. Um, and sometimes um, uh, Lutherans uh, say, well, we don't read the book of Revelation the way you do. We, we read the book of Revelation symbolically. We, read the, we look upon the book of Revelation as not being literally true. Now, um, I think that's really the wrong answer to give them. I think what we ought to say to them, come, let's look at the words and see what the words say. Now, you say that these words about a thousand years tell us that Jesus will come to this earth and will reign here on this earth for a thousand years. Now, look at the words. John says, I saw the souls of those who were beheaded, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Well, now, um, what do you get out of those words? I saw the souls of those who were beheaded. Does that sound like resurrected believers? No. John saw the souls of those whose heads had been cut off. Where were their bodies? Their bodies were lying in a grave somewhere. Eh? But John saw their souls. 
and the souls lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Does that say that Christ is going to reign for a thousand years? If I say, uh, last summer I went to St. Paul and I stayed at my sister's house for three days. I stayed with my sister for three days. Does that tell you anything about how long my sister has lived in St. Paul? She's lived in St. Paul all her life. See? But I went to St. Paul and I lived with her for three days. And that's what this says. The souls, I saw the souls and they were living and reigning with Christ for a thousand years. That doesn't tell you how long Christ reigns. We know how long Christ reigns. The Revelation chapter 11 says, And he shall reign forever and ever. And the souls live and reign with him for a thousand years. Not their bodies, but their souls live and reign with him for a thousand years. That's all that says. And um, that's the way we interpret the book. We say when believers die, their souls go to live and reign with Christ. And now um, uh, we'll talk about the thousand years, what is meant by the thousand years, then when we come and take a closer look at that. But um, all I would say is if any millennialist ever says to you uh, that... Um, uh, you Lutherans don't pay enough attention to the words of the book of Revelation. I would say, let's look at the words and see what the words say and just believe what the words say and not one thing more.